Learn how you can do data engineering with Azure Synapse serverless pools this week on Data Exposed. Hi, I'm Anna Hoffman, and welcome to this episode of Data Exposed MVP Edition. Today, I'm joined by Alexander. Uh, Alexander, thanks so much for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Oh, thank you for having me. So I'm Alexander. I am from Sweden. So I'm a data platform MVP, which means that I spend most of my days with data, databases, some SQL Server, Power BI, Azure Synapse Analytics, and, and the like. Awesome. Cool. And today you're going to be showing us quite a few new things that I've never seen before. Uh, one of those things is around Azure Synapse serverless pools. Now for viewers and for myself, can you tell us a little bit about what actually are serverless pools and how that relates to SQL and Synapse? Oh, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what it is and I'll, I'll walk you basically through how to set it up and, and give you some examples. So the Synapse On Demand pools, it's a SQL-based query service. It's part of the Azure Synapse suite. It allows reading and writing, more about it in a bit, of text-based data stored in a data lake. And I mean, setting it up is pretty easy uh, considering it's already built in. All I pretty much have to do is point it at a data lake and uh, off to the races I go. Okay, I mean, sounds pretty cool. Uh, would love if you have some scenarios or examples to show us of how to get started or what we can do with Synapse pools or serverless pools, uh, that would be great. Funny you should ask, because I have everything prepared as a good TV chef. And I mean, I am from Sweden and Sweden and, and TV chefs, you know. So what do I have here is the Azure Synapse Studio. And I am I'm I need to apologize for, for the get-go, because I will say something uh, about a, a serverless pool or an on-demand pool or God knows what. It is the same thing. Serverless pools or on-demand pools, we're talking about the same thing. So this is a data lake, and I have a data set uh, with um, parking tickets. Here we have those. They're from New York. And we have parking tickets from 2015 to 2017. And th these are stored in CSV files, fairly hefty CSV files. This one is 2.7 gigs. So what I can do here is, in a normal day, I would take all these files and dump them into a SQL database, right, just to uh, to see what, what it's all about. But I don't have to do that because I can take one of these files and, and basically just to do a right-click, create a, a script, and that gives me something to work with. And I can press play on tape, and it's going to go out and fetch me some, some data. Or I should say it's supposed to be doing exactly that, which it, which it finally did. So what it's doing is it's doing an open row set, and I am pointing it to the the directory, if you will, the, the URL to my, my data lake. And it just whipped up my first 100 rows. It's pretty quick. I did 100 rows, and it didn't scan very much. It's 135 megabytes. So what I have here is I have the headers, because I specified that I want to have a header row. Otherwise, it is reading. CSV files as if I was just doing normal SQL. And that's pretty cool. It is really cool. And it's really, really useful. The thing with CSV files are that they're big and there are better, better ways to store text data that are way more compressed and way faster to use. Um, one such is uh, Parquet. 
So I can just do this. What I'm basically doing is that I'm creating an external table, and I, I'm explaining to, to um, Synapse that I want to store this as a parquet. Otherwise, I'm just doing the same select from the same CSV files. Now, we're going to run into a bit of an issue here because of the way the parser in version 2 works. It, it behaves somewhat differently than one might expect when it comes to dates, because it's going to think that this date is a varchar, and that makes it kind of hard to do date logic on it. But there is a way to, to sort that, just as long as one is aware of what we're doing. And that is to just add a convert as we go along. So we're converting from 101, which is the American format, to, to this. Uh, putting it into another column, like so. So let's run this. I think it's going to be about 30-ish uh, seconds because we are going to be spending quite a long time scanning data. I think it's about a seven and a half, seven and a half gigs of data. And, and again, I am not reading this in, in a database. I am just using the serverless pools to attach to a text file, or in this case, a number of text files, and just pulling data without having to do, and oh, there we go, 25 seconds. What's even wow. more fun is we can take a peek and we can see that we just scanned 7.3 gigabytes and I wrote 199 megabytes. So yes, Parquet is a tad more compressed. Kind of neat, right? Very cool. So then we can start to see what we're, what we have in here. Uh, just checking what kind of, um, dates we have remember that we have 2015 16 and 17 but everybody knows the data quality well kind of a moving moving target so i i need to make sure that i don't have anything strange in here uh, which i do because i'm kind of sure that 2047 has yet to be and i mean right. 2020 was bad enough we don't need a 2047 on top of that so there, there's a lot of weird data in this so what do we do well create a new parquet file with basically just a where statement. And again, remember, I am not running this in a relational database. I am running this in the serverless pool. It is going to the text files and doing all this magic on top, just as if it was a relational database. That's kind of neat. And is, is this using polybase behind the scenes to kind of push down those, those queries, or how does this work? Well. It comes from the 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 idea of Polybase, but we are using OpenRoastSet instead. Uh, but it's under under the hood, if you will. It works pretty much the same way. So I'm specifying a file format and I'm specifying a a um, directory, and then it's going to use the OpenRoastSet just to to attach to that uh, data. There we go. Awesome. So, how many states? in the United States? 50, I believe. <laughs> if you're not counting territories, 50. Aha. If you're not counting territories. No, that's that's right. So 69 is probably a tad too high. So yes. <laughs> I think there might be some strange strangeness in the data because I'm, I'm adding all the, the states and I'm adding on the territories as well just to see what I'm looking at. And and remember, I'm I'm working through seven point 
five gigabytes of data. And I'm doing this on the fly. There are no indexes. And there is nothing in memory, nothing at all. It is reading everything from the data lake. And still, I'm able to do this in roughly 30 seconds. And this would definitely hurt any database, just a long list of, of uh, characters, right? 35. We'll see how, how long it takes. This you know, is really cool. I think what's cool here is like you're using T-SQL to query Parquet files, which is also, you know, a very cool thing. It is. So there we have it. I have 17 records. I've scanned 25 megabytes. And I can tell that there are some interesting mm. numbers. And so, so the data has some issues. And that's something that we need to take care of upstream. So it's, it's outside of the scope of this. But now when we have the data here, let me show you something pretty neat. So there's an MVP called Andy Mallon. And he wrote a great blog post on bucketing back in 2019. And I've I pretty much stolen that wholesale. Um, and what I'm doing here is I am specifying a bucket size for the age of my my tickets. And that means that I get the days old, I have the months old, I have the bucket floor. This says the bucket ceiling, depending on the number of my buckets. So suddenly I know the dates, the, well, when I have the dates and how many months and so on. So taking that to the next level, Patrick LeBlanc would say, I am able to do what's basically a report. So here I am doing bucketing. And with this, I can see that 30 to 36 months, I have 239 tickets. And as the number of months go up, again, because this is a historical data set, the number of tickets go up. And of course, if you want to, there's also this kind of cool chart button that I can use to visualize my, my data to get a feel for it. And all this, again, there is no normal SQL Server anywhere on in, in, in this demo. It is just Parquet file or CSV files. And I can do so much fun with this. So this is definitely the go-to go tool for a lot of both simple and medium heavy lifting data engineering. Awesome. Cool, Alexander. This has been really cool. I, I mean, as someone who's never seen serverless pools before, it was really cool how you were able to just get started really easily, use T-SQL you already know, and you know go from CSV to Parquet, and then even to some cool uh, reporting and charting all in one place. So very cool. Um, you know, as we wrap up, do you have any like final tips for folks that are just getting started? Any things they should keep in mind? Any advice or anything like that? Uh, this is a fairly new technology. There are some idiosyncrasies. That's a hard word. There's some weird stuff. I'll 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 try not to to show my my ignorance in English. There's some some weird stuff, uh, and some things don't always work the way you think they will. Uh, but apart from that, it is an exceptional tool. And I, I can't wait to see how this will be de developed over time. There are uh, quite a few great blogs. Uh, one of my favorite blogs is, is Andy Cutler. He does a lot with data warehousing and, and uh, service pools in, in general. So that's a great blog. Otherwise, go play with it. It's really, really cheap. You're paying per uh, the amount of data you're you're accessing, you're paying basically per terabyte. And if you're just playing around with it, you can do quite a lot before it even costs you 
the dollar. Awesome. Cool. Great tips. And for our viewers, we'll be sure to put a link to that blog and any other resources, Alexander, you think would be uh, useful so folks can go learn more. Thanks so much, Alexander, for coming on MVP edition. To our viewers, if you like this video, go ahead and give it a like, comment, and let us know what you're playing around with with serverless pools. And we hope to see you next time on Data Exposed. Thank you.